1: Portland, if you've ever wondered Where to get your blazers, ducks, and knees It's right here on the airwaves of 1080 1080 the fan with Danny and Dusty It's Danny and Dusty and Rust from noon till 3
2: Hour number three, Danny and Dusty with you. Uh, there's a great point on the fan text sign, 503 1080 where you can be a part of the show. Um, said a lot of talk about Deion Sanders going to Auburn on game day last weekend. He's a hell of a recruiter. Ooh. Now that would be one, and Deion even said it. He said, I'm not opposed to, to going to the Power Five. I, he just wants to... Make an impact on people.
3: I mean, come on.
2: Dion to Auburn?
3: What, what, what does that actually mean? I
2: don't know. He wants to get paid. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it is. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's about the money for Dion. Um, I think he just wants. If you want a guy who will just shut up some boosters, Dion isn't afraid. <laughs> Speak his mind.
3: Yeah, and you can't really argue against him either. I mean, um, you, you can, but. You're going to (laughs) lose.
2: Um, so uh, that's on the on the front of uh, of all things, coaching carousel. I, I did hear that in in Russ' updates that he's been running o- over the past hour or so. Um, Seven McGee, uh, according to On Three Sports, is going to transfer out from from Oregon and search for greener pastors. That's a good move for that young man. Who they you know they begged for him to give it one more shot. I thought he was going to have a huge role in this offense, and I thought he would be perfect in it. Mm-hmm. We've kind of seen his role. Um, diminish and other guys kind of rise up if it's no, you know, and these are things with the transfer portal and kind of the age that we're in, you only got a short time to play, man, go and go and play somewhere. And if he doesn't feel that he's going to be as helpful at the University of Oregon, go. We saw Sean Dollars kind of take over in the slot a little bit this past weekend, which was fun to see, but the Oregon has a ton of depth Right now, at that receiver position, and uh, seven big going on. I, I, this is just the world we live in right now. Guys are going to leave.
3: Yeah, if you're not what top three in the depth chart at a skill yeah. position outside of quarterback, it's you're probably gone. Well, even a
2: quarterback.
3: I mean, again, a, a quarterback. I think it's even more so if you're not the mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> I think everywhere else at running back, wide receiver, tight end, if you're sure. not top three in your first, you know, freshman as a. As a you're not top three outside of quarterback in your non-redshirt year. You're gone. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at a, if you're at a top twenty five ish school, that, that, that feels like the the cutoff line, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I saw this that there's just kind of this more and more people are yelling and, and screaming from the rooftops about how. You know, with the co- coaches and the coaching carousel moving around and, and swirling as much as it has, the expansion of the college football playoff, that is is coming down the road. Um, it was in a Twitter thread with Joel Klatt. There was a Duck fan that actually chimed in that said, expanding the playoff, name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal have ruined college football. All of those things are going to be what helps Oregon. <laughs> if you're an Oregon fan or a Pac-12 fan, is NIL – the transfer portal where you can get guys from the Alabamas or Georgias Mm -hmm. where they just stack in depth on depth. And you can pluck some of those guys out and say, hey, we can make you more successful here. You could take the guys from the non-Power Fives and say, hey, we can make you more successful here. You can use that NIL money to be a a, a separator uh, between two schools. And the expanded playoff is only going to help the the entire Pac-12
3: yeah, you take a look at it in the way UCLA, like you you, you look at who they they brought in the transit portal,
2: mm-hmm. they
3: prioritize very intelligent individuals. You look yes. at all the schools that they came from, that was certainly something that they targeted was, hey, let's get these very, very big dudes who met this education requirement to go to high-level institutions.
2: Like, yeah and they the, get their degrees in three years from those very good schools, and then they say, "Come, get your masters here yeah
3: and it's it's fantastic because they have the physical maturity to step right in immediately and they have the mental aptitude to be able to pick it up quickly and that's a hell of a way that's a very very sharp way of identifying a way to kind of keep things moving keep kind of not not, not even patchwork but improve your team it's it's a lot like selective service in the military. Nobody goes like, into basic training like day one to become a SEAL. Like that's, that's, that's very, very, like it's, it's not a thing. You go spend five, six years in the military and you, you build yourself up and you understand what you are and what you aren't. And then there's selective service that has, you know, trims out 90% of the other guys. So mm-hmm. you get the biggest, baddest, strongest, smartest, most like strong-willed individuals. And it's the same thing kind of what UCLA is doing. Oregon state is selectively picking transfers to fill in their spots. Uh, Obviously a school like USC is like, "Mm, we'll just take the best. And that's kind of, that's another way that you look at it is who are the best guys on the like open market. It's, it's very much a NBA slash uh, MLB free agency in the sense of we're going to just spend the most money on the highest profile names. There's just a lot of different ways that you can go about it in these, in the transfer uh, pool and how it's going to end up impacting Schools that aren't the top five or ten schools in the country.
2: Yeah, how uh, worried are you for the Jordan Addison injury? What's going on with him? Not, I mean, you know, I, he I didn't mean, play.
3: yeah, he didn't play. He did warm up, but he didn't uh, have cleats on, so the legs probably still bothered him a little bit. But I mean, uh, Caleb Williams put on a show without uh, Addison or Mario Williams. That's mm-hmm. that's been the insane thing. Um, is that offense was still that great? I mean, it's Arizona, but. I mean I'm worried you you're talking about one of the two three best wide receivers in the country uh not being They're available for up. a couple weeks. So yep. uh as long as he's ready for UCLA that's kind of uh that's that's where I'm sitting.
2: All right, we had a blockbuster trade go down in the NFL and uh, he f- finally gets his way. Are the Bears just trying to rip a page out of the Carolina Panthers trade book or playbook. Danny Dusty on the fan.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty
2: on the fan. This is either Hell's Bells or... Yeah. Okay. I was like, we're either at The Undertaker or Hell's Bells going on, and I'm glad we got Hell's Bells. I would have like, gladly accepted The Undertaker theme as well. Halloween, baby. Happy Halloween, everyone. Best and worst candies, 503-250-1080. Uh, we had a great tweet come in. 100 grand, probably the most underrated. It's always a good day when you see the 100 grand bar pop up. The 100 grand and it's is solid. It's so good and fun size. Yes.
3: I need I need a power ranking of your fun size candy
2: bars. Like, uh, okay, ones that you always enjoy fun size because not all of them are enjoyable fun size.
3: I'm just saying, like, what are your what is your power rankings for the fun size candy bars?
2: Okay, now will you consider the Reese's peanut butter cup when it just comes in one individual cup? Is that considered fun size?
3: No, because a a cup is its
1: own.
2: It's still the same size. size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, What if you I do the go. miniatures
1: though? You could use the miniature peanut butter cups. That would yeah, be a fun size. I mean, those are
3: it's,
2: I think if I, you're I, giving those away on Halloween, you're, you're 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 going cheap. Get the get the one single individual wrapped one, you know?
3: I don't know, but uh, oh, I've I've gotten it before. I've gotten like a handful of them.
2: Yeah, those are so good.
3: Like again, oh. throw them in the freezer. They're
2: great. Okay. Fun,
3: Fun-size candy bars. Go.
2: Twix, 100 grand Butterfinger. Boom.
1: Oof. Solid.
3: Almond Joy, Butterfinger, Uh-oh. Milky Way.
2: Almond Joy. L-
3: I love coconut. Love coconut. Love almonds. Okay. Okay. Literally. That's, coconut. that's, that's my you, jar of almonds right next to me.
2: Co- coconut is okay. it's kind no, it's it's You're not a big chocolate guy either. Nope. Um, yeah, I wish there was... So that explains a lot.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I love coconut. one of my One of my favorite like sweets out there. Yeah, I, I will. I'm the guy that gets the bag of like the the dried coconut
2: it. and smashes it. Almond joys kind of suck. Oh, whatever. You yeah. kind of suck. Mounds, mounds, <laughs> mounds are mounds are better. They're dark chocolate. Dark chocolate sucks. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, On whoa. Dark chocolate sucks. Whoa. All right. Now, we... anybody that goes like dark chocolate is the best. No, get out of here. Get out
1: of here, you hipster. I
2: can't say. Yeah, Elitist, chocolate yeah, elitism. What do you have to say about dark chocolate, Rust?
1: Well, I'm not going to take any sort of dark chocolate slander from the guy who says Swedish fish are his favorite. They're, go- <laughs> they're goaded.
2: <laughs>
3: they are. I love the fishes because they're so delicious. That's the one that says that, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I
2: thought. <sighs> okay. <laughs> This text says, first the Swedish Fish and now Almond Joy. And dark chocolate is king. I think you just met, had made an enemy on the fan text line, Danny. Good.
3: Dark chocolate sucks.
2: <laughs> okay, that's big trade same, in the hold, NFL. Hold on. Hold on. What?
3: That, that's the same person that's like, actually uh, black licorice is good. That that's that same person.
1: No, nope, it most certainly is not because no, I, I don't can't think stand so. black licorice. I don't think
2: that's the same person. If
3: you're telling me dark chocolate is good, you like black licorice. There's no, there's, no. There, that Venn no, diagram is a circle. sitting
1: on the other side of the wall. Black mm. licorice is trash and dark chocolate is delightful. Oh god.
3: Disgusting. Okay. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I we'll have order in this court. <laughs>
2: Black licor- Oh, and the, the texture has responded. No, black licorice is nasty.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't know. Maybe you're just arguing with Rust. Is Rust? Are you just texting into the fan text line? <laughs> just see him disappear and not my number.
3: Got <laughs> <laughs> a burner for the text line.
2: Uh, go, I'm right go here, Rust. Recharged every week. You cannot be serious. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this trade in the NFL. This is a big one because yeah. it, this one could have uh, serious impacts uh, to a playoff race. The Chicago Bears have traded Roquan Smith, who wanted out before the season even started, to the Baltimore Ravens. I think the, uh, the Bears got good value for him they get a second round pick and a fifth round pick for a guy that was leaving at the end of the season anyways. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of sputtering and spinning your wheels in football purgatory. Um, And right now you're actually playing well enough to win a couple games. So why not just sell everybody off on your defense? First it was Robert Quinn, who had an immediate impact for Philadelphia, and now it's Roquan Smith, who will have an immediate impact for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's a huge pickup for the Ravens. He's the NFL's leading tackler. He has been a guy who's all over the field. He's wasting away in Chicago. He's a dude. Dude. He's
3: a dude. There's no doubt about it. Again, as – I wanted the Raiders to find a way to get him. I just, there was a guy that I was like, oh, I, I want, I want. Uh, the Ravens have lost a little bit of their defensive identity. And I think this. Sorry,
2: is... but I need to stop you in your tracks right there. Uh, let's be honest. The Raiders at two and five are a They in no suck, I know. Anybody, I, I still want, so I want nice things. With that. I
3: want nice things no, again, okay? Just stop. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm always going <laughs> to lean that way.
2: Yeah, he wanted to get out of. Uh, in Chicago to go to a place that's in like Las Vegas right now.
3: Maybe oh, he likes Las Vegas. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, but you yeah, know, I, I, this is a great move for the Ravens because their defense has been suspect. Uh, they have given up way too many leads uh, recently. And uh, you get the leading tackler, a great pass rusher from the linebacker spot, the interior linebacker spot, who's not going to be a guy who's going to be an edge rusher. And I, I, I think that's something that's Wildly undervalued in the, in the NFL still. The mm-hmm. ability to bring pressure between the tackles. Uh, he's got a natural instinct to just get to a quarterback while also being a run support guy. There's just so few of those guys left in the league. And, I mean, if you're talking about compensation, yeah, the Bears clean up here because he's an expiring. But Baltimore got Chicago to pick up five point uh, oh, 4.8 of the $5.4 million that he's owed. Mm-hmm. So the Ravens are only paying $575,000 for him. And they give up uh, two picks for him. That's you don't give up a first for a guy who's maybe the best linebacker in the league.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a good value for both these teams here. You're going to get a, a starter as a replacement for. Uh him if you're Chicago, because you're getting a second-round pick and at least a fifth-round pick. You're getting some draft capital. You have so many other holes that you're going to need all the draft capital you can get, and you got some from Philly, and now you get some from Baltimore, and that guy was leaving you anyways. He was unhappy and disgruntled, and he wasn't going to come back. And so uh, it's a it's a win-win for both these teams because Baltimore, you're right, you need to shore up that defense a little bit more. Right now you're in the driver's seat of the AFC North. We'll see tonight after Monday Night Football if that lead uh, is equaled by the, the Bengals or you can get a one-game lead if the Cleveland Browns can – Uh, knock off Cincinnati and Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase. But, look, you need to bolster your defense all you can because, like, we've kind of forgotten about this. uh, The scumbag himself, Deshaun Watson, will be coming back, and he's going to try and muddy up that AFC North as much as he can. So you need all the firepower you can throw out to, to separate yourself from Cincinnati and Cleveland because right now, like, Cleveland has not been good. They're two and five, but they're only a couple games back from Phil or from Baltimore right now. It's five and three.
3: Yeah, I don't know what to make of that division of who's ultimately going to come out of it. I mean, it looks like the Ravens, and that's why they're loading up. Which mm-hmm. sure,
2: but... I mean, that was a field goal game against Baltimore that that Cleveland lost mm-hmm. without. Deshaun Watson. They got him later in December. You need help.
3: With Roquan moving, him being obviously the biggest piece move so far, uh I mean I well, I guess McCaffrey's gonna be yep. probably the biggest name. But who's who's the next guy that's gonna go? Is it gonna be Chubb? Is it gonna be one of the wide receivers from Denver? I mean, is is there is there anybody else that's gonna make a uh, last ditch push here we're less than now twenty four hours away from the deadline?
2: Boy, Denver's interesting in that uh, But they won, won a five. game, Dusty. Yeah, I know. They won. And is that going to be enough for them to be like – to kind of stay in neutral? Uh, They're 3-5 and on the season. You're not where you want to be. You gave up your first-round pick, so you can't really, like, tank for a higher draft pick. You're just not very good, and can you try to get a first-round pick because you need help. Like, you need help in a lot of different places. That's uh, they're an interesting one, and they, they have the trade deadline's tomorrow. So if a move's going to be made, it, it better be made quickly. And it's kind of quiet on on Denver's front. It kind of seems like that win calmed some of the waters. It shouldn't have. No, it shouldn't
3: have. It shouldn't have. They, they, they should have fired their coach. No. They should have traded away. They should have tried to get things done. And, and they still have again a little bit less than a day to figure it out. But uh, yeah, if, if you're if you're buying the Denver Broncos, because they were able to eke out a win over the Jaguars, the Jaguars. Uh, Boy, do I have a bridge to sell you here in Portland.
2: (laughs) All right. 503-250-1080. Keep your candy takes coming in. Uh, We have one black licorice lover. I mean, he's standing for it hard. says, black licorice is the OG of the licorice world and is absolutely dominates red licorice, which is the redheaded stepchild in the licorice world.
1: Well, wow. I wonder if that's the same person that also tweet, uh texted in in all caps white chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups. No. That's not a real thing, is it? Oh, it is a real thing, unfortunately.
2: I am for white chocolate. I'm pro white chocolate. I am not. I love I am Jason Wood. Not white <laughs> chocolate and peanut butter.
3: I'm not white chocolate in anything unless it's basketball. White chocolate oh, is not good.
2: Jason Williams was great. I oh I think white chocolate is great when you get like the Hershey Kisses around, you know, the holiday season, Ooh. and you'll get like the swirl. Ooh. Sign me up.
1: Okay. When this person's correct too, the Reese's Fast Break does need to come in a fun size.
2: I mm. didn't know that it didn't.
1: I've only seen it like regular size, but what okay. about, what is that? Is that the Reese's? that's kind of like a Kit Kat. It's uh, it's uh,
3: yeah, sort Kit Kat of adjacent. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that that that's that's tremendous. Yeah, F- fantastic. Ten yeah, out of ten. Like with the Zero wafer. Needs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. perfect.
2: Do you hear what Andy Reid said today? No. He was asked obviously about his as the most jolly of the NFL coaches. He was asked his favorite Halloween candy, and he said, "Seems like every time I walk past a Mister Goodbar, he says, Andy, come eat me.'" <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Probably the right least surprising right. thing I've ever heard Andy Reid say. Yeah.
2: But Mr. Goodbar.
3: Come eh, on. That's you know. a, that's a very specific candy bar. Yeah,
2: chocolate yes and peanuts, it is. you know. All, All right, get- uh Blazers played one game over the weekend and they don't play till Wednesday. But it was another statement made by the Rook. Here's Rust.
0: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app, and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan.
2: Did we run out of Halloween music? I think we did. This is Witchy Woman. Is it? Yeah. Oh. You're just going the the deep cuts. I never would have thought of this one. That's good producing, Rust. You know? Witchy Woman. Look at you go. (laughs) Echo. I, uh, hey, for. hand up. I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you want to fight me now. But <laughs> you woman? But you woman? What's your no
3: problem? He stood on that one very quickly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh we've got Blazers had well, one game over the weekend, Friday.
3: It's been a hot minute.
2: They don't play again until Wednesday. Wednesday. And they got to win without Damian Lillard in the lineup, it was Shaden Sharp, the rook, getting his first start in a 125-111 win over the Rockets, which is a bad basketball team.
3: Probably the worst in the NBA,
2: I'm not going to lie. Very, very bad. Uh, But they won, and it was like one of those games where they didn't even really put it into question. They they won like every quarter. They came out, and you're like, hey, first quarter you won, this looks okay. You don't look like an... Unmitigated disaster without the letter O. It was encouraging.
3: Yeah, when when Dame got injured the other night, or should, almost a week ago now, um, one of the things he said in the post game was, "Hey, you know, if if we can't survive this game and you know a couple games without me, like wh- who are we really?" And the Blazers mm-hmm. went out there and kind of took care of business. Uh, Anthony Simons put up a very Damian Lillard esque uh, line, scoring thirty, assisting on seven, five rebounds, ten of twenty from the field, seven to fifteen from three, hit five threes in a mm-hmm. quarter. Had seventeen in the second quarter. Did basically to the Rockets what he did the Nuggets a few nights before that. Just going absolutely nuclear in a quarter. It's nice. Uh, it, it's very nice. Yusuf Nurkic uh, realized that the Rockets had literally nobody to guard him. Uh, went for twenty-seven and fifteen. Uh, mm-hmm. Had his best statistical and, and physical performance of, of so far the season.
2: Which Ooh, can I can I just say we just need to continue criticizing Nurk because this is like the first year where he's actually playing better amongst the criticism of his play. Yeah,
3: listen, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll take the uh, dirty looks and glares that he gives me regularly if that means he's going to play well. I'm cool with that. All right. Um, But obviously the story of the night, uh, as good as Anthony was and as good as Nurk was, we've seen that before. What we haven't seen before is the number 7 overall pick getting his first NBA start, and Chauncey talked about it before the game of, you know, I could have gone a couple different ways, but I wanted to go with him because he's shown a lot, and the opportunity to get him out there with veterans who can kind of coach him in real time and and keep Mm -hmm. him in line that's 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 how we're going to do this and i decided i'm going to play you know i'm not going to be a coach that doesn't play young guys there's kind of two different camps of terry starts and then again and i think terry also had some instruction of of what to do with certain guys and guarantees so Mm -hmm. um chauncey's been given a lot of leeway by uh gm joe cronin who told him flat out like hey listen uh you can redshirt him it's up to you what you want to do with him uh shayden proved in camp and then post training camp that he looked to be ready and Man, he went out there and he freaking delivered. It's not this mm. monster's box score night that we've seen from some rookies like Ben Matherin and Palo Bancaro, who, Keegan Murray, who have been – all this rookie class, the first eight picks outside of Chet, have been tremendous. Chet obviously a really out good. the season. Like, this is a fantastic draft class, absolutely fantastic. But you look at what Shaden Sharp did emotionally in that building. He had four dunks in the game. Uh, two came in a sequence where one, uh, Jeremy Grant was posting up and – just looks over his shoulder, shading V-cuts opposite of him, and my God, his ability to elevate in a Explosive, short space man. is tremendous. Talking he, to uh, He hit Am- his head on the Jumbotron. Uh, yeah, he, that was the other one. He, he hit his Fred head on the, the side of the backboard, uh, or he he actually got a foul called because he, he would have hit his head on the side of the backboard because he got pushed in the air a little bit. He's that kind of an athlete. Uh, Anthony Simon said after the game, is, uh, I don't have the most bounce on the team no more. <laughs> Again, this is slam dunk champion Anthony Simons. Like that's, yeah. If that doesn't tell you what kind of athlete Shaden Sharp is, his ability to explode in a small space is one of one. And he he punched that thing. He threw a right handed tomahawk down, seemingly looking down on the rim, and it was just electric. And then you follow that up with a, a the next play, loose ball turnover. Keon Johnson tracks it all the way down to the other side of the floor towards the rim and here comes Shaden to throw down an alley-oop and the the roar Dusty the roar in the building was playoff-esque that's awesome Damian Lillard loses his mind Chauncey said post-game that I wanted to run out there and bump chess with him like I was that jacked and
1: well honestly the Keon Johnson part was probably the
3: the, uh, the, the best part. part of that of mm-hmm. that highlight yeah it was it was tremendous, but uh, Sharp ends the night seven to 12, 14 points, two assists, and a rebound. But his emotional impact and his ability to just look like he belongs out there it it got questions in the post game from from pretty much all of the media of like, does this change the trajectory of the team this season? Right now, his ability to play,
2: ah, and that's I don't I don't I think it's way too early to tell that, but it, because it, I mean
3: it's being asked.
2: Yeah, it's being asked, but I mean that may be the typical Portland overreaction to we're seeing a guy who's got a lot, a long way to go on the other end of the floor. But you are seeing one thing that I do love is that Chauncey Billups lets him do your thing, be an explosive athlete. Don't try to force a square peg in a round hole. You you modify what you do to the assets that you have. And one thing Phillips wanted to do is be more aggressive, less reliant on the three ball. And this Portland team is, man. And you see he is harnessing the skill sets of his guys, whether it's Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, or even um, Anthony Simons. And I think one part of Anthony or Anthony's growth – is that he has done a phenomenal job of, you said it, kind of had that Damian Lillard stat line Mm -hmm. and kind of ebbing and flowing between the two. Know when to turn it on and know when you need to be that guy and know when Dame is on the floor and not. And you can just be an athlete that creates more at the rim. But if Dame is out and they need that volume three, seven to 15, hell yeah, drain five and a quarter, let's go.
3: Yeah, no. You look at where this team is right now, and 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 the expectations just a couple weeks ago coming out of preseason, it's been pretty ridiculous. Uh, five and one affords them a position to have Damian Lillard rest for a little bit, a little a little while uh, at practice yesterday morning. Uh, talking to Chauncey Billups, he said that Dame's not going to be ready to go for Wednesday for the lone ESPN game of the year for for the Trailblazers against uh, Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies, which is a bummer for sure. But also, the nation's going to get a taste of Shaden Sharp's. First He's going for 30. National TV. Listen, it's one thing to do it against the Rockets.
0: Yeah.
3: The Grizzlies are for real, and Desmond Bain is a dude. I'll tell you this. Mm. If Shaden Sharp goes out there and does similar to what he did against the Rockets, and I'm not talking about the, the, the dunks, but just, like, just performance-wise, looks like he belongs against a dude like Desmond Bain, you're going to get me on the edge of some stuff. <laughs> you, you just are because the the question I had in, in the Rockets game, I kept kind of asking around was, and I asked this again at at, at, uh, at practice on Sunday. I'm like, I know where Shaden's at on a lot of stuff, but where I want to see, and Memphis is not the game to try this. The, if you're going to do it, it was against Houston. Like, put him in a side pick and roll with Yusuf Nurkic. Like, I, I don't even care if it sucks. Just kind of let me see where he's at. Give me that measuring stick of of his creation. Yep, because what I've seen from him leads me to believe that when you're talking about projections, and I, I don't like doing these for players, particularly this early in their career, but the more I watch him, the more I'm like, he reminds me of a guard version of Andrew Wiggins. And I mean mm-hmm. that with the highest level of praise. I'm talking about Andrew Wiggins with the Warriors right now. A very good defender, a very good playender, a uh, uh, shot creator to an extent, but a guy in transition that is an absolute nightmare and, a, and a, an elite rim finisher. Like if you took Prime Andrew Wiggins, that's on the Warriors right now, and put him on the Blazers, that's a team that makes noise, yeah, legitimately. Like that's a team that's like that's that's a team that makes a ton of sense. And if Shaden Sharp is going to develop into that kind of guy, that's tremendous. And the thing is, I think there's there's room for there to be even more than that. That's the scary thing is that. There's shot profile stuff. There's shot creation stuff. There's a smoothness to his game. There's a Brandon Roy-esque quality to his offensive game mm-hmm. that makes you raise your eyebrows to a level of... I mean, when Damian Lillard is saying Shaden Sharp is special, Dame is is not somebody who holds back praise, but he's also measured in how much he praises guys. If you remember, he praised Ant very early in his career and says, no, you don't understand what this guy's got. And we're seeing it with Anthony Simons. There was another. There was a lottery pick on this team, and Zach Collins. Who listen, Dame talked about. Hey, he's he's got an intensity and a mentality to him, but he didn't talk about Zach Collins as special. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't mean that to be like you know a denigrating thing towards Collins, but it's just a, kind of a measuring stick of when Dame says things about his teammates. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty spot on with stuff, particularly he talked about Gary Trent being a dog and being somebody you can kind of count on and um Josh Hart being that guy and Jeremy Grant kind of being that guy. Dame's a pretty good evaluator of talent and uh how guys are going to fit and how they're going to show out and I I I'm, I'm when Dame starts talking about that and like kind of what they see behind the scenes in practice that's what makes my eyebrows go up. Maybe this kid truly has something really special. Yeah,
1: Dame's not somebody yeah. who's going to go out there and blow smoke up your
3: arse. No.
2: Yeah, but what we need to see is continued growth though. I mean, yeah, we can he's 19. see <laughs> that talent, you got to see that continued growth, and hopefully it keeps coming because it's it, he's developed very fast. Um, and now you're looking at a Blazers team, uh, No Dame Wednesday,
3: No Dame Wednesday. It does sound and like he'll maybe. be ready to go for the six game road trip that opens up with a back to back at Phoenix, that, uh, the Suns team, but will not have DeAndre Ayton because of an ankle issue. The other injury here is that Josh Hart was put into concussion protocol following uh, Friday night's game. He hit his head. Something yeah. fierce. He hit the ground like a sack of a bro- sack of bricks. He uh, Chauncey did clarify he cleared concussion protocols that okay, night that's good. during the game.
2: Oh, during the game, yes, and he he went but back he's out there. But in, he's in concussion protocols now. Now he
3: post game he started showing some symptoms, which I mean would lead to believe or led to believe that means probably some some headaches and some blurred vision or or something along those lines.
2: All right, uh,
3: but uh, we're still not sure when he's going to be able to get back because you can't get out of that protocol until you clear everything
2: all right there's your blazers update they're off till wednesday all right we got champions to talk about danny and dusty on the fan danny and dusty on the odyssey app and 1080 the fan Wanted to pass this note along as the the reception was awesome to see how many fans came out and cheered on the uh, Portland Thorns at PDX. After they added another star to the crest, beating Kansas City in the NWSL championship. Um, It was on Saturday. They will have a championship rally tomorrow evening, 6 p.m., Providence Park. Awesome championship! The ladies with everything—the S storm that they got thrown onto them to win a championship like that is awesome.
3: It is, and they—they they not only win the championship, but uh, they also have the youngest MVP in uh, NWSL history in Sophia Smith. So it's—it's uh, it's been a banner year for the Old Thorns on the field, off the field, obviously with uh, you know with none of their own doing. Uh, it's been a complete S show. So shouts to yeah. them for uh, I mean getting it done. Uh, in spite of uh, what uh, ownership has put over the top of them,
2: yeah, and management, man, it's been it's been really cool. And yeah, you, you mentioned Sophia Smith, uh, the MVP, the 22 year old forward, uh, the youngest player to score a goal in the NWSL Championship because uh, she got one uh, back the net in the fourth minute, so winning two nil. Taking home a soccer championship. that I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool for the Thorns fan base uh, who, you know, we mentioned the players. The fan base also been put through hell, too, through all of this. And kind of this, you know, do we support the women on the pitch? Is that also supporting management and ownership and what's been going on? It's been really tough um, for all things surrounding the Portland Thorns. So for them to... Add that third star. That's awesome. And uh, congratulations to all the Portland Thorns. And uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night at Providence Park, they're going to hold a rally uh, for their fans to tell the ladies uh, thank you for the championship that they're bringing back to the Rose City. So go show some love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh World Series Game 3 is supposed to be tonight, Astros and Phillies even at one apiece, and it looks like this is not going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Uh Bob Nightingale of USA today says that uh they're going to meet uh, officials from the Phillies and the Astros going to meet at 3:30 uh our time Pacific. Uh, to get an update on if the Tarps will be coming off and how long they're going to stick around and stay uh, at the Bank, uh, Citizens Bank ballpark, to see if the rain will pass. But it's not looking good right now. So uh, Game 3 of the World Series may be postponed, which is music to my ears Uh, because i got trick-or-treating to do.
3: Modern (laughs) baseball stadiums
1: built without roofs. Why again?
2: Ooh, good question. Especially in
1: places like Minneapolis. Philadelphia? New York?
3: North of the Mason All of these Dixon questions line are
2: really good ones, guys.
3: <laughs> Just saying. In general, don't
2: have answers.
3: Denver. Quick shout out, uh, umpire Pat Hoberg, who was behind the plate for Game Two yeah. of the World Series, had the first ever scored perfect game for an umpire. Did not miss a single ball or strike call. One hundred percent accuracy.
2: That is wild. Wild. How no, hard that is. We criticize officials a lot. A lot of the calls that they make. Are in It's like 98% incredible. accurate
3: uh, across the league.
2: That's outstanding. But
3: this is the first ever World Series game that has been at a scorecard of 100%. Wow. Nuts.
2: Okay.
3: Actually, it's the first ever game in the scorecard era, which goes back to like 2008, I believe. I think there's they said there's been over 17,000 games documented. This is the first perfect game.
1: In the World Series. Look at that. Okay. Look at that. Before we go, one glaring omission I can't believe I let slip past the uh, the keeper here for the Halloween candy is the Whatchamacallit. The oh,
3: Whatchamacallit.
1: Uh, that's why that's it's so forgettable, because yeah. it's a Whatchamacallit. Man, yeah, that's been yeah. one of my favorites since I was a kid. So shout out to the now, Whatchamacallit and the texture that reminded me of that one. There you go. I'm going to go. They over.
2: have renamed it recently, haven't they?
1: Well, oh, they, the they did for a while. They did a, a different one, and I forget if they called it. It wasn't like a hoozy, what's it but it, no it was a thingamajig maybe mm. they did like kind of a more chocolate version gotcha with the peanut yeah. butter instead of the instead of the caramel i'm gonna go home and dive into a vat of swedish fish all
2: right you go do that psycho mm-hmm. um we will be back tomorrow everybody have a great halloween twix is the best uh, halloween candy fight me have Wrong. a great monday see you tuesday from noon to three up next you got prime time with isaac and sue Bye. have a great one